In exactly one week from today, I will be 48 years old. That's the way I feel about it. You know, birthdays are interesting. At 13, you become a teenager in Judaism. You have a bar mitzvah, which basically means you get some money and gifts. You get the real part is you get called to the Torah, but 13, you're a teenager. 16, you're driving. 18, you're registering for the military. 20, and you can vote. 21, you can drink. 30, well, 30. 40 is over the hill. 50, half a century. I mean, monumental. 48, not much. Nothing really. How do you feel at 48? The same as I did at 47 and 46 and those times. Nothing special another year. That is hovering at the top of the list of the most ignorant statements that one could ever make. Just another year. First of all, it shows an incredible lack of gratitude. I lived. I breathed, I interacted with people, I had life, I had blessing, I had, you know, and there are a lot of people who did not, people that I know personally who are not here to celebrate just another year. I had mostly joy and happiness, I had some sadness, and from both of those things I learned, I had health, my wife and kids have health. Your birthday, I read this, commemorates the day on which God said to you, you as an individual are unique and irreplaceable. No person alive, no person who has ever lived, and no person who shall ever live can fulfill the specific role in my creation I have entrusted to you. And second, that attitude of just another year communicates a real lack of vision, if I might say so myself. Another year has passed. I made mistakes. I did some good things. But the opportunity to look ahead and be better and different, that lays before me. I must ponder and contemplate that which is to come. Because I know among the joy and happiness and goodness, I know that I caused some pain last year. And I want to make sure I remember that and don't repeat that. So it's not just another year, but the reality is for most of us, apart from some monumental celebrations we may have had or experienced along the way, special birthdays, so much of it is just another year. It's just what is the status quo. And that is really never good. You know that? The status quo is not good. We are creatures, especially the older we get, I'm finding, who are relentlessly opposed to change. We like it like it is. Isaac Newton comes to mind. An object at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an unbalanced force, an outside force, an object in motion stays in motion. And you remember all these laws. Let's switch gears from birthdays and, and Isaac Newton to a spiritual look. We're approaching, we're in now the month of Elul. 
The sixth month on the Jewish calendar. It is the month that predates what month? The seventh month. You get it? Six, seven? Tishrei, the high holidays. All of these big things that are coming. It's the month before the biggie. And there is some very special things that are supposed to happen in Elul. It's the 40-day time period. If you're not familiar with it, well, I can teach you more, but not here. But it's the time period between the time that Moses went up the mountain. He was invited back up the mountain for forgiveness. And he went up and spent another 40 days with God and came down and it was good. So those 40 days while Moses was up there are a particularly special time for repentance and soul searching. And it's called Heshbon Hanefesh, the accounting of the soul. And he went up on Elul 1 and he came down on 10 Tishrei, Yom Kippur. It is the special time in God's calendar without all the other festivals. Passover and I mean they're all miraculous and great and they celebrate amazing things but this is the time and so that brings to mind commonly for people two thoughts one thought I have absolutely no idea what he's talking about if you're not familiar with Judaism Messianic Judaism the festivals of God if this is a new idea that's okay we're here to help there are a lot of messages from the past in our catalog of teachings. There's a library down the hall in the synagogue. There are plenty of resources online. First Fruits of Zion. I would recommend Five Minute or uh, uh, Emmet HaTorah. I would recommend Orthodox Union, Chabad. There's tons of great sources that you can learn a lot if what I'm saying about the high holidays means nothing to you. I'll try to teach you as we go. Conversation. You can contact me and show up and tune in to the next week's messages. The other common response besides I have no idea what he's talking about is, oh my gosh, not again. We're already back to this whole repentance thing and duh. again, we just seems like we just did that. We've got to start talking about Shuv, turning back to God and forgiveness and making amends. Didn't we just do that? And you know what? I get that response too. I get that response. I got to tell you, it's not always easy for me either. Which brings to mind this great statement that was made to the church in Laodicea. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You're neither cold or hot. Your status quoed. What does that have to do with birthdays being acted upon by outside forces? The high holidays, Isaac Newton. Well, it has some very, very important things to do with this because what you have in front of you right now is an opportunity. And you may have not even thought about it one time up to this point, but it's my job to help you remember it. 
And so what is this opportunity? Well, you have this opportunity to see the year ahead of you as an opportunity for phenomenal growth or to do absolutely nothing about it. That neither cold nor hot part in Revelation ends with this verse. Because you say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, there you go again, Rabbi. That's those kinds of things you're always talking about during the high holidays. Miserable and wretched. I don't want to do that. Well, that's not what I'm saying. But what that says, I'm rich. I have need of nothing. That says, what does it say? I don't need anything. I'm just fine the way I am. I don't need a thing. I'm doing great. I got it going on here. I'm at rest. And I would like to stay at rest, please. Please don't mess with me. Please don't talk to me about doing things to like get closer to God. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not saying that everyone is lukewarm. And I don't even know that it's about that term, but what I'm talking to you about is being comfortable and I wanna wrestle you just a little bit from your comfort. Can I do that? Are you excited for me to wrestle you from your comfort? I know most people are. Welcome to change. Welcome to being acted upon by an outside force. Now, to illustrate how incredibly resistant to being acted upon by outside forces we are, I ask you to peruse in your mind the period of the last six months in our world, particularly in the United States, the horrendously out-of-control feeling that so many of us have experienced by having our routines shaken up, by having people tell us things and other people tell us other things and telling us we got to do this and we got to do that. Uncertainty and change for better or for worse injected, forcefully injected into our lives. We weren't even ready for any of this. And all of a sudden you can't get a thing of toilet paper at Walmart and now you can but you got to wear a mask to do it it's been uncomfortable to say the least and it remains that way to me so we come now into this period in the in the religious calendar where another person is going to stand up here in front of you and say, it's time to change. It's time to be different. It's time to be acted upon by an outside force. You see, when I get up here and do this, it's my God voice. Because, you know, that's how God talks in all of the movies. Because that's how he really talks. <laughs> yeah, come on in, guys. Get more uncomfortable with yourself. Get more uncomfortable. Start thinking back about some of the horrible things that happened last year. Things that happened to you, things that you did to other people. Yeah, that's exciting. Let's get it going. <laughs> to give God free reign to wrestle us from our spiritual complacency. Or worse, to shake us awake from the absolute dead spiritual walk that we are currently engaging in. I am talking to myself, friends, and you. To this season asks, hey, why don't, you, why don't you let God do something in your life? It's always uncomfortable, but right now it's really, really not that awesome of a, of a thought. 
I'm tired of being acted on by outside forces. I want normal back. I want comfortable back. And here's the other thing I know. For the high holidays, usually at this message right here, which is always on LOL1 wake-up call, you see this? Don't blow it on Shabbat, but yesterday was the first day we hear that for the next 40 days outside of Shabbat. Well, and also not the last day of Elul. But anyway, not to complicate it. This is a wake-up call. We're not going to blow it, but it makes this really, really irritating sound like... That's a wake-up call for you. For your spiritual slumber. That's why you hear it every day. And I'll conclude with that in just one second, not yet. I know that there is a feeling for so many of us that says, all right, I get it. It's the high holidays. It's this big thing that we do in Messianic Judaism. And I'm going to do it because I have to do it. Because if I don't, people will wait. Where was so-and-so at the Rosh Hashanah services? That's really not a good reason. I'll do it because I have to, but the truth is I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. To which I ask, are we really doing just fine? Are we, are we good? I battle the very same feelings. I'm telling you all of those things about how am I going to get myself excited about this, much less a room full of people who, like, I'm supposed to do that for. But the question is this. I'm just fine. I'm doing fine. I don't need any of this. I'm fine. How do you know? Maybe you had the best, most amazing year you've ever had in your life. Maybe you didn't make one single mistake. Maybe you didn't do one single thing that caused anybody any pain or, or disgraced the name of God in any way. Great. But how do you know that over the next 40 days or more, that if you'll give God the room to do something, that he can open up something that you never even considered. That he can do something so dramatic in your life that you couldn't have come up with it on your own. But the thing is, you have to let him do it. Kelly, come here real quick. I need you. I always need you, but I need you now. I need you to take over. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't either. Yes, you can. Don't say anything embarrassing. I won't. Did you hear what she said? <laughs> there is a tendency toward denial. That we as human beings, and I'm not, I ain't talking about a river in Egypt. You heard that before? <laughs> There's a tendency toward denial. I'm happy. I'm happy. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Great. And maybe, here's my point. Maybe by what I'm suggesting to you that you allow yourself to be acted upon by an outside force, it's not because, it's not because you need to get rid of something or because God needs to take something away. Maybe it's just that he wants to show you what's missing. 
And there could be something so much better in your life than what you currently have, which you think is fine. I think that's a much more healthy way to approach the high holidays this year. A combination approach that says, you know what? Yeah, I had some bad stuff and I'm gonna deal with that. But I have such an incredible optimism about the future and what you can and will do if I give you the opportunity, God. You see, those, those Newton laws, those Newton laws of like not wanting to be acted on by an outside, outside force. Here's what this looks like, okay? I want you to, this, this is God for today, okay, for this example. What I want you to do, Kelly, is I would like you to turn me around. Okay, great. Now, what I've done is a 180, right? I have shooved. I have turned. What you don't want to do is a, turn me around, 360 and be headed right where you just were. You don't want to do that. But what is happening here, Kelly, turn me around. Remember who she is? She's God. She's acting upon me as an outside force for my own good. It's much better for me to be looking here than here. And she is drawing me back. Turn me around. Turn me around. Turn me around. Come on. Thank you very much. The point, the point is obvious. There's a phrase that I hate. People say, you got to lean in, lean into it, lean in. Anyone heard that? It's become so overplayed. Come here, I want to talk to you. I really, I really want you to lean into your work. I want you, I hate the phrase. But the thing is, that's exactly what that needs to look like. You need to open yourself up to being acted upon by it. And you don't, you can't, I'm okay, I'm fine, don't, know. You got to lean into the turn and get back where you need to go. God can only start right there. And where you then go with him is what I'm talking about. And what could lay before you. You know, instead of showing me, oh, you know, you could be, you could be better. You, you need to be doing just, just what's missing in my prayers and my study, my interaction with God, with people, marriage, kids, finances, faith, happiness, future, letting him affect you. But the thing is, he will not fight with you like that. He won't fight with you. He's just going to let you resist because you got to want it. And that's my message for Elul as we work our way into the high holidays. Are you really fine? You might think you are, but you are not God. You are actually not the master of what is best for you. God is, but only if you let him. So, yeah, you know an unbalanced force 
You know what an unbalanced force is? I'm not, I'm not a physicist, and Sharon used to be here. I don't know Sharon's quarantining and doing what she does in Milledgeville, but I used to be able to ask her my physics questions so I didn't look like an idiot up here. Warning, I might be about to look like an idiot up here because I'm going to talk about physics. Do you know I graduated high school without ever taking a required physics class? It was miraculous. Don't tell me God doesn't look out for you. <laughs> then I got through college and never took a physics class. It was amazing. So let's talk about physics. It's one of the areas I am well versed in. An unbalanced force. Do you know what that means? That means a like hurricane force wind acting on you from one side. Gravity, oh wait, 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 wait. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I definitely, I definitely should look at my notes if I'm gonna to talk to you about this. So let me see what that actually says. A balanced force is the ground pushing up and gravity pushing down. A, a balanced force is if you're walking in a hurricane, but you got wind from this direction and that direction, which has just basically got you like this because you can't move anywhere. That's a balanced force. Take away one side of the hurricane wind. What happens? Woo! Unbalanced force. And you are whoop, off. There are more practical times when an unbalanced force is bad. We are currently watching one happen before us, which is the media. Whichever side of the equation you're on, it doesn't really matter to me for this point. The unbalanced force, we've seen the reckless imbalance, which some and many outlets have taken regarding the coronavirus. I haven't followed up, but there was a headline that said, Georgia boy dies of coronavirus. How old was he, Dad? Seven, Georgia boy dies of coronavirus, seven. Do you know how he died? He had a seizure in the bathtub and drowned. May his memory be for a blessing. But it wasn't exactly like what the headline said. That's a very imbalanced, unbalanced force. There are unbalanced forces we must resist in the world. Stupidity is one um, that you definitely want to stay away from. But you see, there's nothing in this world that is more, more unbalanced than God's power versus our own. Right? There's no more better definition of an unbalanced force than what God can do and what we can do. But he doesn't push himself like that. He won't hurricane wind you. He's just going to wait for you to turn. So I, I really, these days... We are, we are resistant to unbalanced forces, but God in this day, in this high holiday preparation time, he is that. Yeshua said it this way, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to eat with him. And in, it goes on. But in the complete Jewish Bible, it says, as for me, I rebuke and discipline everyone I love. So exert yourselves and turn from your sins. Exert yourselves and turn from your sins. In other words, where does it begin? With a little bit of work on your part. Okay. 
Got it, message loud and clear, great. I'm gonna ask you this. I feel that these days right here are as important as the holidays themselves. They are as important to me as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And they're all a part of it. But the, the day, the days of the holidays are the meeting point. This is the preparation time. It's like, why, what would happen if you had a big meeting with your boss and you showed up with absolutely nothing prepared to bring in and have the discussion? It's the preparation that's so important. It's like showing up to the Olympics to compete and having not worked out one time. And thinking you're going to get something out of that or that you're going to win. That isn't how it works. So I'll ask you this way. Try to see it his way. I have to keep on talking till I can't go on. God won't keep on talking till he can't go on. He's talking right now. Are you listening? He is inviting you. Do you need a change? I think it's a given that we need a change. Do you feel like you've arrived in life? Are you where you want to end up? Is this it? If that's it, I'm sorry. The day you've arrived in life is the end of life. It's the day you end your journey and lose the opportunity. You see, life for us, we're like, this, we're like a, a beautiful flowering plant. Until your last breath, you have the opportunity to produce these beautiful blossoms, new realizations, attitudes, ways of living, loving, affecting yourself and others, like a plant that puts forth beautiful blossoms. But how does it do that in its own strength? A plant lives by outside force, water, sunlight, the things that God provides. And it's sometimes amazing how affected by outside forces plants can be when you see them in a hurricane or a huge rainstorm and they're just getting beat down, beat down. And the next day they're back in action. Because they can handle being acted upon by an outside force. Why can't we? Why do we resist? The plant needs that. Do we need to allow God to act on us, to move us from a state of rest, to give him room to arrest our mental, physical, spiritual complacency? Yes. Do you want him to? That's a different question. Do we need to? Yes. Do you want him to? Different question. Do you want to be different? Can we admit that there's a need for that? I'm asking you to really ask. And I promise I'll wrap this up. But I am actually passionate about this. I'm not, as you know from the way I teach, I'm never passionate about anything, but this I am. That was sarcasm. There should have been, there should have been a better response than that. Gosh, do they really think I have no passion? <laughs> could it be, could it be that for the next 38 some days, we allow the world out there to do its thing? Know that God is God and we can be still in that. Instead, we just let him, we just let him work in here. 
relationships, attitudes, approaches connected to him. This is going to be what you make it. And I think, I think, call me crazy, but I think God knew what was coming in 2020. I think God allowed what's happening in 2020. And it has awoken a lot of emotions and things inside of people. Why, oh why, would we miss the opportunity in 2020 for God to awaken what really matters inside of us? Our hunger to be children of God, disciples of Yeshua. To give up what we don't need and take on what he has waiting for us. Man, imagine if the plant just decided if plants could decide. Huh, I'm done with the sun and the rain. I don't need that anymore. Plant won't be around for long, will it? It'll look horrible in the process too. Dead brown. How do I allow God to act on me, Rabbi? Without resistance, yes. With awareness. Awareness. As an example, the little backpack school supply thing. I'm not, I, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not suggesting, well, look, look, look at how great and holy I am. Awareness of the opportunities that God will present to you. And he can speak to you through them. And I'm not talking about mitzvot. I'm saying look for him. Listen right now. Right now. Every day. Look for him. Listen for him. Seek him. Surrender him. Trust his influence to tell you what you need to keep and go forward with. And what you need to let go and let die. And I'll talk about that in a couple of weeks because it's important. So practically speaking, we read Psalm 27 every day of Elul. We hear the sound of the shofar every day on Elul. And that's very practical and that's very easy to compartmentalize. Okay, it's the holiday. I did the two things I must do. Clearly, I'll be getting everything I can out of this. Thank you. See you tomorrow. That's not going to work. Those are great things. Those are the reminders to, you ready? Wait for it. Lean in. There, I said it. Those are the reminders, the wake-up calls to lean in, to listen, to remember it's a special, special time. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. Yeshua, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. God can push you anywhere he wants you to go, but he won't. He will take you only as far as you will let him. So we're going to lean into the change of Elul into the high holidays. We're going to be grateful for another year. Next, next week when I turn 48, 
I am going to be grateful. And if anyone asks me if I feel any different now that I'm 40, I'm going to say, you bet I do. <laughs> yes, I definitely do. How? I got to go. Be grateful for another year. Be grateful for another opportunity that is before us right now. Be still and know that he is God. He is good. He wants to meet you. And as we beautiful, beautiful Midrash, you can look it up today if you don't know it. Look up Rosh Hashanah or High Holidays. The king is in the field. The king lives in some distant, beautiful palace secluded by walls of stone and armies. I'm talking about the natural king. But the, the analogy is that once a year, he comes down from behind and comes out into the field where his people are. And he communes with them. He talks. He hears. He loves them. He shows them that he cares. That's the analogy of God in this season. The king is in the field. Don't miss it. Amen? Amen. Shabbat Shalom. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.